welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, good morning, Mrs. Brush, and thanks for being a guest on the podcast. And um, just as I don't know a whole lot about you, but I'll just try to introduce you a little bit. You are um, the mother of um, Beth Spilger, at um, who's the pastor's wife at uh, Grace Church, right? Grace Baptist Church. Grace Baptist Church, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and anyway, I guess something that has impressed me about you is um, that you are very active and. Um, and and you're an an older woman as far as your age goes, but you're very active and busy serving and things like that. So I thought it would be neat just to get to know you better and know find out a little bit more about your life and so forth. So that's not much of an introduction, but do you want to fill it out as far as just um, saying a few words about just what type of person you are and or who you are and so forth? Well, the Lord has really blessed me because he started me out in the third grade being conscious of uh, of health things, like okay. eating the right kinds of food and, and practicing good posture and things like that. Hmm. And I think that that has been a big factor in helping me live to be 92 years old and still not even have to use a walker. I still yeah. can get around very well and still able to drive my van short distances I don't drive in the city mm-hmm. but I'm so grateful for the way the Lord has led in my life in helping me to have good health mm-hmm. so so what are the things that have been most helpful to you um, in having good health like what things have you practiced and so forth that's been helpful well, a, real, a well-rounded diet has been something I have watched all my life. But in more recent years, I became aware of how our foods are so um, messed up with science, all the things that they do with food nowadays, like making the white flour. They take all the really good things out of it, and then they add artificial vitamins, etc. So I make all my own bread. I've been doing it since uh, around 1991. I get uh, wheat berries instead of buying flour, and I grind them fresh when I get ready to make my bread. And then I also learned that refined sugar is very hard on your health. So I, I don't use much sugar. Even if I make cookies or something, I will cut down at least a third on the amount of sugar I put in them. And, and they're still sweet. Everything is made so sweet nowadays. Oh, yeah. Right. But uh, I had read in a book about arthritis back in 1993 that how bad the refined flour and the refined sugar was for your health. Mm-hmm. And there has been a lot of arthritis in my family. So I started being very careful about those two things. And I have not had trouble with arthritis to this Mm. point. I have a little, but not enough to... I don't live with pain, Mm -hmm. and I get around without... uh, My hands aren't getting stiff, Mm -hmm. and I don't have trouble getting around. So it sounds like diet is a pretty important thing then, and and for you, like bread is is important, and and the sugar, like staying away from the refined stuff and so forth. Yes, and food preservatives. I eat lots of fresh fruits and vegetables that don't have preservatives in them, and I don't buy packaged foods. Rarely ever do I buy okay. any kind of boxes, box mixes or anything like that. I just stay away from anything with preservatives as much as possible. 
Okay. And I use real butter instead of oleo. Okay. And uh, uh, mostly olive oil for cooking. Okay. And then do you cook with meat? With meat? Yeah, do you? Oh, oh yes, I use meat. Okay. I, I like my meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. So it, it has paid off for me. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord brought those things to my attention early in life. Yeah. And was your family into healthy eating as well? Uh, most of my children and their families uh, do pay special attention yeah. to their diets. And then, so as far as um, protein and stuff, I guess that would come through meat. And do you make sure you eat a certain amount of that or anything? Or uh, I don't pay that much attention to amounts, except that my teeth are not good. And it would cost a fortune, probably, to do something about it. So... I don't eat much meat, but I, I do have a line of uh, food supplements that I've been taking for years. Mm-hmm. I started in 1987 taking a product called Barley Green. Hmm. It's a juice uh, powder that, uh, juice made into powder from the barley grass. Okay. And I know that it helps my energy. My husband and I were taking that because we got introduced to it when one of my daughters had Hodgkin's, Mm -hmm. and a friend of ours told her about it. So we started taking it, too. We figured if it was good for her, it would be good for us. Yeah. Well, it was a little bit expensive, we thought, and we were always hard-pressed for cash and our type of ministry. And uh, so we quit. Within three weeks, we both noticed a drop in our energy, so we started back to taking it, and I have never quit. Okay, wow. Where do you get that? Do you have to order it? I order it from a company. It's uh, the American Imaging, let's see, AIM, American Imaging. I don't know what the M stands for, but it's the AIM company, and you can find it online. It's just AIM. Okay. Dot com, I think. Uh, anyway, they have uh, they've developed a lot of other products, and they have a uh, field pea based protein powder. So I do use that. Okay. Uh, not every day, but I use that to get some of my protein. Okay. Yeah. And then, is there anything else about your lifestyle that helps you, as far as? you know, good fitness and stuff, like besides diet? Oh, uh, definitely. My relationship with the Lord makes all the difference. You know, the Bible tells us that we need to forgive others. And if we don't have a forgiving spirit, it hurts us more than it does the people that we would uh, practice unforgiveness against. Mm -hmm. Um, Your attitude makes a whole lot of difference in your health. Yeah. Uh, if we just have a uh, the, a close relationship with the Lord that gives us a peace and contentment each day, that helps with our health also. Um, I have even read that your attitude on about life makes a lot of difference in whether you're susceptible to cancer. That you have to have a forgiving spirit. You have to keep your mind. You have to read the right kind of things and uh, look at the right kind of things. I don't even watch TV. It's, mm-hmm. To me, it's a waste of time. I have too many other things that I like to do. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, just keeping your mind clean with clean literature and the type of things that you look at on the Internet or TV. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I read just recently that people who have a purpose in life tend to live longer and be healthier. Mm -hmm. So, and I always have 
lots of things that I'm trying to get done. <laughs> lots kind, of purposes. What kind of things are you, what's important to you to get done? What, what kind of purposes? Well, I do try to, uh, I, to be, to make sure I get my devotional time in each day with the Lord, read my Bible and pray. And then one of my granddaughters writes books, and she wanted me to write down my memoir so that she, you know, make the notes on it and give it to her so she can put it into a book. Mm-hmm. And then I, I like quilt making. My mother made hundreds of quilts. I don't have as much time as she did because I do too many other things. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm trying to, I decided I was going to try to make a quilt for each of my 39 grandchildren, and I wow. only have quilts out to about half of them or a little more. And at my age, that means I'm going to have to stick with it if I'm going to get quilts for all my grandchildren. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, what about um, like relationships and things like that? Um, what's that like in your life? Um, is it mainly with family, or is it with others as well? And what? How do you interact with them and and stuff like that? Like, I guess what have you learned through over the years when it comes to relationships? I guess I'm asking that because. It seems like relationships are such a big part of just being human. We're made to be connected and so forth, you know. I grew up in a family. There are, were nine of us siblings, hmm. uh, quite an age span. So the older ones were gone before the two youngest were born. Mm-hmm. But we lived on a farm, and my parents always welcomed our friends. Our friends came to our house instead of us going to their house. And uh, I learned hospitality from my parents. And then through the years, uh, we have taken young people into our home. Well, not only just young people. We, uh, my husband and I always practiced hospitality. For instance, an older couple in where... Uh, in a very small town where my husband pastored, an older couple lost their house to fire. Well, they had some chickens, and uh, they needed to be in right there in, in the little town where they could take care of their chickens, but there was no kind of public accommodations. So we took this older couple into our home for several weeks, until they found a house that they could move into there in that little town. And we've, we've just had different people living with us at different times, and, and we have had many, many ministry people that would come to speak in the church or, or just uh, missionaries that were on deputation would make their headquarters at our place for a month at a time while they traveled in the area on deputation, things like that. Um, so we have friends all over the world. Hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, so uh, it's just been a great life. Hmm. And I still am able to have people in my home, you know, to host Mm-hmm. Missionaries on deputation, or uh, Debbie Guyman, a missionary out of our church, a missionary to Uganda, hmm. uh, has been a friend for a long time. She did live across the street from me, and then she went back to the ministry that she and her husband had. They had established an orphanage in uh, Uganda, and then he passed away with a heart condition, and she spent mm, maybe uh, six or eight years in the States after that just representing their ministry in Uganda, but from the state side. And then it worked out for her to go back. So when she's back in the States, anytime she's in St. Louis, my house is her headquarters. Hmm. 
okay. while she's in St. Louis. We, you know, just have that kind of relationship with a lot of people. Yeah. And it has been good. And another thing, another way the Lord has blessed me is the relationship I have with my children and grandchildren. My grandchildren still come to see me and visit with me, even my great-grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of weeks ago, um, two families of my grandchildren came, mm-hmm. and they have uh, a couple of little girls that are maybe about three years, three or four years old. And after they left here, um, I got a, a little text from one of the mothers, and she said her little daughter, when they were getting ready to leave the museum where they were to go back where they were staying, she said, can we go to Grandma Brush's house so I can give her a hug? <laughs> so the Lord has really blessed me with the family that yeah. loves me. And I, I do have... A big family. Yeah. We had eight children. Two of them are uh, girls that we adopted from Nicaragua when we spent some time there. But they still come to see me, my grandchildren. I've had grandchildren living with me from time to time while I've been here. Here's, you know, something that just a question that kind of comes to mind. So when I hear about your life, it sounds like orderly and meaningful and just, you know, rich relationships and so forth. But in some, but that's, it's so different in some families where um, the, the families are broken. It's just, um, you know, not a mother and a father. And, and then there's, well, I guess I'm kind of thinking about, um, you know, like the church, it ministers to like a lot of the kids and um, probably uh, for a lot of the kids, they come from families that are probably pretty chaotic and there's not the healthy relationship and there's probably not like a lot of meaning and purpose in their lives. And it seems like such a, you know, as far as like what they could do to get better um, or what a person could tell them, I mean, it seems like such a, a huge task because it it's almost like um, generations have led here and to this point and it, it almost to me the impression I get is like it, it might take generations to get out you know into more of a, a, a healthy meaningful orderly rich and full life do you have any thoughts about you know how to um, best be a, a help to um, families that um, don't know, um, like, you know, that are so far from just a rich and purposeful, meaningful life and relationships and so forth? Well, you know, I at this point in my life where I don't drive and get around, I, I don't really deal much with that kind of thing anymore mm-hmm. um, my main ministry right now is when I help at the church most of it's in the kitchen just yeah. helping uh, with the, the victory club for the children that yeah. we have there ministering to the children in the area so I don't get out to be able to just go and visit in homes and and minister much like that anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, we have taken in children. Uh, we took in a young girl that was her parents were uh, divorced, and uh, the father was molesting her, and, and we took in this young girl and had her in our home for about a year until she moved on to another place. But uh, I I really don't know what to say. Things have changed so much. Mm -hmm. And as I have gotten less active, Mm -hmm. I just, I'm not sure I have a whole lot to Mm -hmm. contribute as far as how to deal 
with family needs nowadays. Right. But I, I do pray a lot. That's one of the main ministries that I can have for the Lord right now is a prayer ministry, trying to, and and praying for. I get really burdened about these kids and the way they're growing up nowadays with mm-hmm. lack of uh, uh, of just parental guidance. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do what I can. I yeah. try to, uh, you know, I try to show God's love to the little children that come to the yeah. uh, to come to church for our Bible club and so forth. Right. But I just, I'm sorry, I don't have a lot to. S- oh, that's okay. No, um, I probably, as I was just kind of laying out the problem. What's going on at Grace is like probably one of the best things that can be done as far as reaching out to the, the children themselves and just putting that, I guess it's like putting a seed into their lives. And who knows mm-hmm. where that might go in the future. You know, I have been praying especially for some of the older young people that come, that the Lord will just call out some of those young people to serve him to make that a ministry to their people. Hmm. The Lord has really blessed and opened up that ministry Hmm. in bringing us just a number of young families, young couples Hmm. that are dedicated, they are trained in the scriptures, and, well, a number of young couples that have Bible school training and... uh, they're just dedicated to the Lord and very faithful and just work. Mm-hmm. Your daughter is one of our most precious workers. She oh, is a gem. Yeah. We, yeah. we love Jenny because yeah. she just is willing to do anything and so energetic. And yeah. She's just one of the special blessings that the Lord has brought to our church. And he has brought us a, just a good crew of workers to mm-hmm. carry out this ministry that we have in the yeah. area. Yeah. So when you were young, you were, did you say one of nine? Yes. Okay. Where Did you grow up right around this area? Oh, no, I grew up in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. On a farm, huh? I, yes, and I was hardly out of the state until I went to Bible school after I was out of high school. Okay, it's a Bible school. So I guess you grew up in a Christian family and... Well, uh, we lived two miles out of town, and with all the children, we didn't have a, a, a car. My folks had wrecked their Model T the year I was born <laughs> and uh, hmm. couldn't afford to buy another car. That was I was born the year the Depression hit. Oh, okay. Wow. So we had to walk to church. And I was thrilled when I got to be five years old and and was allowed to walk to church with my two older sisters. I'm third in the family. Mm-hmm. Later, when uh, you know when most of the children were grown, and my parents were able to afford a a car, they got a pickup, and then they uh, were able to go to church too. And my mother taught Sunday school. Um, mm-hmm. We think that my dad was probably saved when he was a child because his grandfather was a Methodist preacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one of my siblings ran across a, a little card among some pictures that was from an evangelist that had been in the church and was encouraging my dad to read his Bible and, and grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. So we think that he probably was saved then. Otherwise, I don't know. I know my mother was saved. I so think probably I, my dad was. And but, like why you don't, uh, was your dad active in, you know, the Christian faith when you, when he was an adult and you knew him? Or? Well, he started going to church. Uh, it was after I had left home okay. already. I see. Uh, He started going to church, taking my mother to church and Mm -hmm. and going. Um, He had gone to church one time, and a thoughtless lady in the church said, Oh, it must be going to rain. Amos Ellis is in church today. 
and that kind of upset him, and he didn't go back to church for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we used to wonder about his salvation because mm-hmm. of things like that. Right. Uh, but my dad was always, as far as uh, a good moral man, mm-hmm. he didn't even use a lot of the foul language that mm-hmm. is commonly used. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, just clean living, clean talking, uh, just uh, a good man. Yeah. And so I don't know whether it stemmed from his upbringing, you know, having had a grandfather that was a preacher and mm-hmm. um, just his background probably contributed to that. And then you went to Bible school after high school, so there must have been... Um who encouraged you in that direction, or was that a common thing to do? Um, no, it, it really wasn't. You know, I never, when I was growing up in, in this small town, we had two little churches, and I attended one of those churches. And it was so small that we often would even have to have a pastor that would just drive in from another town to preach on Sunday mornings. Mm, yeah. But then we had an interim pastor right after the war, uh, a man that uh, had gotten involved in the Navigators Association. Are you familiar with that? I've seen um, the books, I think. Like, mm-hmm. I think they publish They have books. a lot of Bible study books yeah. and things out. I've seen those. He had uh, gotten involved in that, and he served as interim pastor in our church just for, oh, maybe six or eight months. But he got the young people started memorizing scripture using the Navigator's uh, scripture memory program. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, you know, got the young people excited. And then I was working in a home for a year. I I had always planned to be a nurse from the time I was in third grade. Mm -hmm. I always thought I wanted to be a nurse. But I got out of high school while I was still 17, not quite 18, and I couldn't get in the nursing school where I had planned to go until I was 18, so I took a job during uh, for that year, just taking care of a little boy for a, a couple of school teachers. Mm-hmm. Well, during that time, I attended a, uh, a, a an evangelistic service in the town where I was working, and I don't know, I don't remember anything about the message. I don't know why, but the Lord just prompted me that he wanted me to serve him. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I dedicated my life to the Lord to serve him. So instead of going to nurses training, I was scheduled to go to the only training school I knew anything about, the one that was associated with our church. I was in the United Brethren Church at that time. And uh, was all set to go there. It was about three weeks, maybe, before time for me to leave for school when this man that had been the interim pastor came back. He had gone on to Moody. He just was interim pastor until he could get in school at Moody. And they they had a lot of uh, returned servicemen on the GI Bill training. So their day school was full, uh, you know, all the, uh, anyway, they didn't have room for any more day school students, but this interim pastor came back to visit in our town, and when he heard what I was going to be doing, he recommended that I go to Moody Bible Institute and encouraged me to come to Chicago, and he and his wife would help me find a job and uh, get set up so I could attend evening school until there would be a, an opening for day school. Hmm. So that's how I ended up at Moody Bible Institute. Hmm. And practically the same thing happened with my husband. He was all set to go to a different school mm-hmm. and heard someone from Moody, and the Lord impressed him. And the Lord just worked miracles t- to help him get all the communication back and forth. And and until the day before he left, he wasn't sure. He was would be going on the same train for either school. But
until the day before he left, he didn't know whether he would be going to Northwestern in Minneapolis or to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. Hmm. That's how close it was. Right. But the Lord brought us together there yeah. so that we met. And he's one of the best things that happened to me because he was such a student of the Word hmm. and really helped me yeah. with, uh, with my spiritual life. Well, concerning your spiritual life, that's something I'd like to ask you about, like how that may have changed over the years because uh, like a relationship with God, it's a relationship and like relationships do tend to maybe change this way or that way over the years, um, perhaps. So how, how, how has your relationship with God or you, you might want to start with that or what it's like now or how things have changed? Well, it just seems like, um, as you are in the Word continually and, and serving the Lord and all the little things He brings into your life, if you just uh, let Him, He uses those things to help build your faith and trust and just give you a stronger relationship with Him. And till you get to the point, right now I'm to the point where I keep saying, Lord, I'm just ready for you to take me home any time. I've lived a long life, and uh, mm-hmm. I just—it's it's just a matter of growth. But you have to—you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to just get busy and end up at the end of the day not having had time to read your Bible and spend time in prayer. Other than one thing about it, we can just pray anywhere, anytime. Whatever we're doing, we can still talk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has taught me a lot about that so that I have been able to have a greater prayer life. And and I think it, it just seems like your, your love for the Lord just grows and He just gets to be a greater part of your life and, and every little thought. When you get older like I am and and spend a lot of time alone. Um, it's just so easy to... I, I never feel like I'm alone. Hmm. It's just so easy to just think of the Lord as right there with you. Mm-hmm. And it uh, has that has been a real blessing to me because I can just... And you wonder about, is the Lord too busy for little things? But you know He isn't. When I go to thread a needle, a lot of times I will just have to ask the Lord to help me because I have a little trouble mm-hmm. getting the needle threaded, and especially like for when I'm doing my quilts and I go to tie them with a coarser thread, and I just pray over almost every one of them, and the Lord helps me. So nothing is too small for the Lord's attention, and if you are just conscious of His presence with you all day long, you can just talk with Him about all these little things as well as the big things. So it has, it's just a relationship that grows if you keep in the Word and prayer and and let the Lord have His way. And then how do you keep in the Word? I mean, do you have a, a structure that you follow? or? or yes, I do. Okay. I get up in the morning and... Uh, usually I do a little exercising on a rebounder and uh, just to start my day. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing I do is make myself a cup of tea and sit down and do my Bible reading mm-hmm. and have my Bible reading and prayer time. That I just make it the f- first thing I do okay. before breakfast because as long as I stick with that routine, and even when I have visitors, I try to get up early enough to get that out of the way before they get up, but it doesn't always work. Yeah. Sometimes I've had to settle for just a, a few verses of Scripture. Yeah. And then pray as I can throughout the day when I have uh, families in the house. And, yeah. But, but we do have—I I, I do— normally have this uh, regular time 
because it's so much easier if you have a definite time established every day that you get into the Word, then it, it's easier to see to it that you get it done. Is there anything for you that's like been a, a challenge in life? Um, like uh, different people might have different things, I think, um, and sometimes... You know, that might be used by God to draw us nearer to Him, or sometimes we don't even know, you know, what the purpose of it is. But is there anything like that has been like that for you in your life that, um, you know, you're okay talking about? Well, I'd have to think about it. Um, Years ago, well, like when I went to Moody, and I told you about getting that job. Yeah. The job I got was in the home of a wealthy Chicago lawyer. Mm-hmm. And when I watched how those people had to had to do certain things because of their standing, mm-hmm. I thought, I never want to be rich. Mm-hmm. I don't want that kind of life. So I prayed. You know, in Proverbs, it talks about give me not uh, riches lest I forget the Lord, or give me not yeah. poverty, lest I be tempted to steal. Yeah. And so I use that as a prayer. Well, the Lord has used this this matter. We always worked in small, smaller churches and church planting and that sort of thing. So we never have been wealthy. But the Lord has used that to help me learn to just trust Him daily for daily needs and uh, uh, just the fact that many times we were we were never really desperate, but many times we were uh, very low on funds and needed to trust the Lord. And it's just been amazing how the Lord has come through. At one time, uh, my husband's father. I had a heart attack. And so uh, Bert, having had experience in uh, as a highway engineer, helped them with their business because uh, his business was road, con- well, construction work, road construction mainly. And they had a big contract in Yellowstone Park. And so Bert was helping with that. And uh, then winter came. Uh, this was, uh, uh, con- you know, a government thing, and uh, so they were paid regularly. But then, when the uh, when the work closed down in the winter, there were those days when there was no income coming in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Bert had applied to every kind of job, even reporter on the newspaper, local newspaper, everything he could, everything he heard of that might be available, he had applied. And there were several weeks when he didn't have a job and we didn't have any income. We had eight children. Hmm. Well, uh, we weren't desperate for food because people... This was in Wyoming, and people liked to hunt, but they didn't always like to eat the wild meat, so we would have a lot of wild meat given to us because mm-hmm. we liked it. And and I always had a garden, so I had some things from the garden canned. So uh, we weren't desperate for food, but there were a lot of things that we would like to have had that we didn't have, and then it there was a matter of uh, money for the kids' school lunches. So the Lord brought to my attention in one of the bulletins a, a little thing about prayer. And uh, one of them was pray for specific things. Tell the Lord just exactly what your needs are. So that was in the Sunday bulletin the next morning when I was praying. I just prayed, Lord, we need this and this and this. And uh, could you provide those for us and uh, and then provide it in a way so that we have money to 
to tithe on it because we always believed in tithing and also we uh, believed in giving extra to the Lord above the tithe. So that afternoon, a couple of cars came driving in to our place and started unloading groceries and things. Mm. And every one of those things that I prayed for was there, and some had given cash because they didn't know what our needs might be. So we had the cash for the school lunches and, and to pay the, some tithe. Hmm. But um, we had been eating a lot of green beans because that's what I grew in the garden, and that's what I had canned, mm-hmm. and then the wild meat. And one of my daughters had just made a remark to a friend about she's getting tired of eating beans. <laughs> and one of the uh, leaders had uh, overheard that and got to thinking, well, what are the brushes doing since Bert hasn't found a job yet? And so they, uh, this leader contacted other people in the church, and they brought all those things to us. The Lord is just little things like that. All through my life. One time, uh, see, we always believed in faith promise giving for missions, like our church has that program now. That's the way we support missions. And uh, Bert and I had, uh, well, uh, the program is set up on a weekly basis. Well, usually we would just go ahead and, and give our total amount for the month at the beginning of the month, but this particular year, we decided just to try the Lord, and we were just going to do it on a weekly basis. Well, you know how that goes. You have your main income at certain times, and if you give it all then, it's easy. Mm-hmm. But that money just gets away from you. So we came up to a, a Sunday, uh, a weekend, and <clears throat> it was Thanksgiving weekend. Well, Saturday. We didn't have the money for our faith promise the next day. And uh, I was praying about it, what we would, how we would manage for that. A young couple from the church came driving to our place, which was about a 20-minute drive from where they lived. They were going to be gone for Sunday, and they had some money they wanted to give to us. But... They weren't going to be there on Sunday to give it to us, and they brought it to us especially, and that took care of our faith promise for that day. <laughs> yeah, We've just had so many experiences like that mm-hmm. that has just boosted our faith in the Lord and, uh, and, and just made Him so real to us. And Are there times when it doesn't seem like God's answering your prayers? Um do you experience that? Well, you know, I haven't for a long time. I I just don't. It's hard for me to recall. Okay. The Lord has so blessed me. Yeah. And uh, in these last years, and I I just don't think of anything right now. Sure. That. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, as far as your siblings, did they all kind of follow the same route as you as far as walking with the Lord? Or, um, well, most of them attended church, mm-hmm. but none of them, uh, uh, went into full-time service for the Lord like okay. I did. None of the other siblings did. Okay. Um, in fact, one sibling was in a church that she had married a man that was divorced. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had been in this church, and that's where they were attending church. And and so the, uh, I don't know, the church wouldn't allow her to do certain things because she was married to a divorced man. Mm-hmm. And it soured her on the church, and she quit going to church. Mm-hmm. She still doesn't go to church, but lately, uh, I, I go and spend time with her every summer 
Mm-hmm. And the rest of the siblings will meet there, and I get to see the the remaining siblings. Yeah. Uh, but I've been encouraging her, and she has been spending more time in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think she does seem to be trying to see to it that her great grandchildren get some. Uh, exposure to the Bible, but her her two girls that were born to the Union, um, neither one go to church that I know of, mm-hmm. and they have had very rough lives. Hmm. Um, you can really see the difference in in the families of the ones that have continued to go to church. And then the families of the ones, a couple of them that, like my youngest sister and then the sister just older than I, um, that didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just their families have been very different than the ones that uh, were in church and brought their families up in church. Mm-hmm. So in your marriage... Um you, you mentioned that your husband really helped you um, spiritually, I think is what you were, you were referring to. So was, is there any particular aspects of your marriage that what, um, you really appreciate? Just anything particular about what your husband did or something you all did together or you know, anything like that comes to mind? Well, we we just always had kind of a unity of mind about what we felt the Lord wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. We had our problems. The, every marriage has problems because people grow up differently and yeah. have a slightly different opinion about certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, like um, finances. My husband grew up in a family where... Both his mother and dad worked, whatever they wanted, they went out and bought it. And in those days, you'd get it from the store and you'd set up on set up payments to that store. You didn't use credit cards and get it all in, yeah. in one lump, mm-hmm. but they would make the payments to the individual stores. And, and uh, in my family, my dad would not buy anything that he did not have cash to pay for. Mm-hmm. We just grew up entirely different there. Yeah. So um, uh, there were times when my husband would buy something. I mean, f- he would want to go ahead and buy it and make payments on it. I didn't approve, but I was the one that handled the finances, and I was the one that had to figure out how to pay for it. Yeah. But we managed in spite of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had just always appreciated the fact that he was a, such a student of the Word and really mm-hmm. helped me yeah. with with that area. And so I guess that kind of balances things out. And, um, I just don't think of any specific things to answer your question. That's exactly. fine. So... He really was into the the word. Is that something you all would talk about together and have conversations about? Oh, we had uh, devotions together every day. Okay. Um, It was just part of our life. (laughs) Right. And, uh, uh, you know, back at Moody, um, I had already been in Moody, uh, been in day school for... Mm, I think a year before Bert came, or at least most of a year. And uh, Bert's roommate knew me because we worked together at the dining room. Mm. So he introduced me to Bert right away. And uh, he invited me to a birthday party he was going to have for Bert. Uh, In those days, we had... uh, uh, we had study hours, and then we had an hour 
that we were allowed to go out to the little snack shop there to uh, if, if we wanted to. So he was going to have this birthday party for Bert during that hour. Well, when I got to the birthday party, it was just the three of us. <laughs> he had it set up. But then we started dating, and our dates from the beginning, and this was at, uh, you know, my husband set it up this way. Our dates from the beginning when uh, we would get together was doing that uh, scripture memory course from Navigators. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little program called Search the Scriptures, where we would take a small portion and and uh, think through it. Uh, you state it in your own words, and and then you list other verses of Scripture that deal with the same uh, theme. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have any problems that you need to search out about it or, or talk with someone else about and then an application, a personal application of it. So we were doing that. That was our dates hmm. yeah. in the beginning. And I just, uh, you know, that really helped me grow because the church I grew up in was going liberal. And even as little knowledge as I had about those kind of things, I could see that uh, that first year, out of high school, I could see that our church was going liberal. So when you say going liberal, like, um, what does that mean? Like, different people have mean different things by liberal and stuff. So, well, they were not putting as much stock in in exactly what the scripture said. They were getting more lax in uh, in moral stand and uh, and just in. Uh, in teaching a dedication to the scriptures, so it was kind of like some lifestyle lifestyle things, just getting lax. Yes, and uh, um, yeah, right. Just not as careful with language and um, okay, just not uh, just not maintaining as high as standards as we had been taught. Okay. Before. Right. And um, and just how to live and so forth. So when mm-hmm. it comes to how to live, I know the Bible gives a lot of instruction, but are there any kind of basic principles that come to mind a lot that are, you know, you keep in mind that help you through life or, or guide you? Well, like I mentioned before, what we feed into our mind has a lot to do with how we live, mm-hmm. and our relationship to the Lord. So um, I have always, well, okay, uh, one example. When we first came back from Nicaragua, my husband was still in Nicaragua kind of finishing up, getting, taking care of business, some business things before he came back, but I came back with the children, and I was living with my in-laws, and they had TV. Well, for them, the TV or the radio before the TV was turned on the first thing when they got out of bed of a morning hmm. and turned off the last thing before they went to bed at night. Well, it was very easy after supper to sit down and get started watching TV, and it was in the days when they had those good family Considered good family watching, like Jose Jimon, uh, Jimenez, Jose Jimenez, and um, oh, I can't remember the some of the rest of them. But anyway, and we would sit down and start watching those, and I got to noticing how often they were teaching situation ethics in those people would do something wrong, but because they had a good motive, it was okay. And I thought, I don't want my children to pick up on these ideas. So I just started after supper. We were sleeping in the basement, and after supper, we went to the basement, and we would read some good books, and have devotions, and go to bed. And mm-hmm. uh, It's important the kind of things we read, 
or watch. And uh, I, I just feel like that has a, a lot to do with our relationship to the Lord and maintaining a high moral standard. Because if we, uh, we're influenced a lot by what we read and see and hear. And uh, so I just have tried to maintain. As far as like a a high moral standard, are you like referring to, like when I think of that, I kind of think of um, like the Sermon on the Mount, like especially, um, you know, doing what we do in love. You know, he says in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, whatever you'd have someone else do to you, you know, do so to them. So it's kind of like considering others, loving others. Is that kind of the thing you mean by high moral standard? Um, Well, yes, just maintaining a close walk with the Lord and omitting questionable activities, but especially questionable motives. I mean, we have to keep our... We have to keep our hearts and minds clean if we're going to have a right relationship with other people. Hmm. And it's, um, I just ask the Lord each morning to help me know what His will is and to walk in His ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'm not necessarily talking about you know, whether it's right to go to dances, whether it's right to go to movies and, and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about having a close relationship with the Lord and being careful about any anything like that. If it's the kind of movie that's going to put the wrong kind of thoughts in your mind, mm-hmm. then don't go there. Yeah. Um, and, and perhaps that's... Um my, you know, it could be different for different people. What, like, what one movie might um, be fine for one person might trip another person up. Perhaps, do you think? Or, well, it's been so many years since I've been to a movie, and I'm yeah. I'm not a TV person. I don't even watch them on TV because I'd go to sleep anyway. Yeah. Um, but I I feel like it's a waste of time, yeah. so I don't watch them. So. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't be a good judge of movies, but I'm just thinking about anything that would hinder our walk with the Lord. Now, uh, some people get so involved in those things that they don't have time for uh, developing a relationship with the Lord through Bible reading and prayer. Yeah. So I think we need to. Uh, we just need to watch our time and schedule our time and. Uh, if we spend a lot of time reading the wrong kind of books, we don't have time to read the the good ones that inspire and help us to grow spiritually. So we just need to be selective mm-hmm. about those things and take into account, is this going to help me spiritually or is this going to tear me down spiritually? Right. That's probably a good um, guide, like what's it going to do, build me up or, or tear me down? Right. Like with... Anything, books or music or movies or anything so like that. Yeah. Um, is there anything in particular as far as favorite scripture that just has been on your mind lately that you've been thinking about? Well, I have some favorites. When we were in uh, Nicaragua and I started. Uh, I started trying to learn some scripture verses in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so I especially noticed in Isaiah 26, 3, uh, the English version is, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And in the Spanish, for that word stayed, you know, we, that isn't, we don't necessarily use that word in that sense much in, in, right. in speaking today. Mm-hmm. The word stayed, but in Spanish, it, they used the word persevere. And I thought, hmm, that's the secret. That will keep him in perfect peace, who perseveres in keeping his mind on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that just, it just seemed like it, it opened up to me and became one of my very favorite scriptures. Hmm. 
And then some other favorites are scriptures that I pray almost daily, like, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And then uh, um, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And another one said, Watch, O Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lips because I don't want things going out of my mouth that are going to hurt my testimony or, or in any way uh, make other people think less of my God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as long as... And a, a, a matter that the Lord has really had to keep his clamps on me is I feel like that even the truth is best unsaid if it doesn't help someone. Hmm. And I try not to be critical of anyone. If I don't approve of them, just don't say anything. But commend people where you can because you can build people up mm-hmm. if you commend the right things about them. So those are things that... Uh, those are some scriptures that have meant a lot to me. And oh, another portion is uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Uh, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And if we follow those scriptures, it's going to make a big difference in our lives and in our relationship with other people. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, you know, not saying anything that would, um, unless it's going to help people, even if it's the truth. Um, so, yeah, I think that encouraging and, you know, pointing out the positive is good. But but sometimes, you know, like a, a correction like I think the Proverbs say um, something like a, a wise man loves a rebuke or something along those lines. So there are like oh. times for that, of course. But Yes, know. that's talking with individuals personally. I'm right. talking about matters like gossip. I see, right, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I was referring to. Right. When, right. you know, when I'm just sitting with a friend and talking, mm-hmm. I don't want to say something about another person Right. that... To just run them down, right? If I don't need to, right? That's good. I mean, if you have to, sometimes you have to expose certain things mm-hmm. if it's a necessary situation. Mm-hmm. But if it, if it's not necessary, right? Then don't say it. I just ask the Lord to help me know if it's necessary or if I need to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Is there anything about that you? about life that you wish you knew when you were younger? Um, like anything that you've learned to know now that um, seems pretty important and you wish you would have you know, ha- had that knowledge when you were a young woman? Oh, I think I would have to think about that one a while. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's just hard to... Right, yeah. That's fine. Something like that to... Well, um, anything else just to bring up before we wrap up? Anything, any particular topic that's important to you that you'd like to to mention? Well, I think we as Christians need to be active in political things, especially in these days. I, I I've been thinking a lot about the. Uh, you know, the Bible says that God sets up who He will and He puts down who He will. Mm-hmm. So we know that that the Lord allowed the leadership in our country that we have. Mm-hmm. And we all can see what it's doing. And I just think, Lord, did you allow this to wake Christians up and make us uh, strive for personal spiritual revival and, and really get out and serve the Lord and 
and help people get prepared because it seems to me that the conditions in our world today are pointing out that the second coming of the Lord is very, very close because everything is in place. Even the kind of uh, uh, the chips that they have to insert under people's skin so that uh, they can set up the uh, kind of conditions that it describes in Revelation. And that had not been possible until recent years, when you think about it. And so it seems that the coming of the Lord is very, very near. And I just think we need to be out there just really helping as many people as possible in whatever way we can, giving out tracts, uh, talking personally, praying, and doing everything we can for spiritual revival and to bring as many people to the Lord as we can. That's why it's so important to reach the children. It's harder to reach the adults. But if we get a lot of these children saved, then if the rapture comes, at least these children are going to go up. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Mrs. Brush. I really appreciate the conversation with you. Well, thank you for even considering me for something like this, because I would never have thought about doing anything like this. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs>